mid-Feb, but it's the 50th day. 50 days have gone by for this year. So, so what we need to do is we need to do a little bit of a self-assessment, okay? Because on day one, or the 31st day of, of 2016, many of you guys were locking down your New Year's resolutions. You were saying, 2017, I'm in, I am going to dot, dot, dot. I'm going to lose weight. That's probably one that, I think that was top on the list of people, of New Year's resolutions, you lose weight. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to save money. I'm going to read more books. I'm going to wake up early. Whatever it is, you, you made your New Year's resolution, and 50 days have gone by, so how are you doing with your resolution? Are we doing good? What's that? You're, Joe's doing good. Allie, how are you doing back there? Okay. She wanted me to point her out during service. She said, point me out. <laughs> okay. Allie, how you doing? <laughs> so um, they say, I, I used to think we would read it would say you, it takes 21 days to make something a habit. How many of you guys have heard that? Takes 20. Actually, I was doing some research. They say now it takes 66 days for something to become a habit. So, so, so if you've if you're been hanging in there, you've got to hang in there about 16 days more. So around March 7th, Whatever you've been doing since day one of January 1st will become a habit, they say. So you got to hang in there. Now, if you were here on January 1st, New Year's Day service, we kicked off the year by encouraging and challenging everyone in here to just have one New Year's resolution. And not to necessarily drop everything else that you would have, but to make one top priority, and that was to remain in Christ. That was in, in John chapter 15. If you remember, Dave Russell preached, and he talked about remaining in Christ. That should be the number one goal for us as followers of Christ for 2017. And when, what he said was to remain in Christ, what it simply meant was that you spend time with God. You spend time with God. You, you, you love God. And so we started asking this question, if we're going to encourage people to love God, is if as a church we say we want to love God, what does that really mean? What's that look like? Because, because it's easy to say, oh, let's go love God. And sometimes we don't really know what it means. We go home, we flip through our Bible, we say, oh, I think if I'm going to remain in, in, in Christ, I need to spend some time reading my Bible. So we flip through our Bible, we... Maybe pray, turn on some worship music. But what does it mean? What, what do I do to really press into an intimate relationship with God? And so what, we, what we've been journeying the past six or seven weeks, basically since the beginning of the new year, is, is giving tools week after week on how you can love God, how you could take these tools that we talk about on Sundays, take them home, and put them into your daily practice, put them into a special time that you set aside in, sp- in spending time with God. And we've been looking at the Lord's Prayer. If you remember that, we've been looking at the Lord's Prayer, and that's in Matthew chapter 6, and it's also paralleled in, in Luke chapter 11. And we've been hanging out in Matthew chapter 6, and this morning what we're going to do is we're going to wrap this whole talk up of what, of what is the Lord's Prayer, what are the tools that, that Jesus gave his disciples. We're going to wrap it up and just kind of send it home to kind of put into place for the rest of this year. So what we're going to do is we're going to actually hang out in Luke chapter 11. So we're not going to be in in Matthew chapter 6 today. And in Luke chapter 11, it's it's the Lord's Prayer as well. And Jesus Jesus is giving tools to his disciples on how 
for them to spend time with God. See, the disciples came to him and said, teach us how to pray. And I find that a bit curious or interesting that after all they had seen Jesus do, every, all the miracles and everything that he had done, the one thing that they asked him to do was to teach them how to pray. So what they had saw is they had saw Jesus go off all alone and spend time with the Father and then come back. And, it, and to me, it must have been obvious that as Jesus would come back, the disciples would recognize that something was different about Jesus. Each time he'd go back, he'd go off and spend time, and, and they saw that there was something valuable about what Jesus was, was happening, what was happening when he would go off and be with the Father. So they, said, they said, teach us how to pray the way you pray. And so what Jesus is doing here is he's saying to his disciples, okay, since you want to know, I'm going to invite you into this inner circle, into this intimate relationship that I have with my Father and invite you to join with us and to be in communion with us and to be in love with us and to love each other. And to, and to love God. I'm inviting you in. And as we read the Lord's Prayer, we see that we're invited in the same way. We're invited to come and to have an intimate relationship with God. So, so Luke chapter 11, verses 2 says this. As Jesus begins to teach him, he says, Father, may your name be kept holy. And if you remember that first week that we kicked this off, what we talked about was that the religious people, the established people, the religious establishment of the time would spend a lot of time saying a bunch of prayers to, to God, and it was a distant God, and they, and they were just simply repeating things over and over, thinking they were going to get the attention of the Father. And Jesus says, when you come to the Father, he already knows what you need. He already knows who you are. You come to him as if he's your, your papa. He uses the word Abba Father, as he's your daddy. And so, so what Jesus is doing is saying, when you're a child of God, you can approach the Father in an intimate way. You're not separated from him. You're, he's not somebody that's just watching over you, ready to strike you down. But he's your dad who cares about you. And you could come to him in that way, just like a little child approaches their daddy. And that's what we talked about. And so my question to you is, is if that is true, if we can approach God in that way and say, God, you are, you are my father. You're my papa. Have we taken to the time in 2017 to really press into that? To daily get up and spend time and saying, okay, dad, what's happening today? I love you today. I want my relationship to be deeper with you today. Have we taken the time to do that? The next verse, the next part of that verse, it says, may your kingdom come soon. And in Matthew, if you remember, it says, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying once we've established, God, you are our Father. You know what's best for us. I have a relationship with you. We're saying, let's let your kingdom come and take over what's happening here on earth. Let the rule and reign of you as God, my Father and God, my Lord, come and reign in my life. And I want to step out of the rule and reign of, of what's happening in this world into the submission under, under your kingdom. We're asking for God to bring his peace, to bring his love, to bring his healing. And we're asking God for his will to be done in our lives. And so when you pray this, God, will your will be done in my life? You're saying, I am submitting everything that I would have planned out for myself, and I'm, I'm coming under you and saying, what is your will for my life, God? I want to I walk that out. And so have we done that? Have you begun to submit your plans, your desires, your will 
what you think is best for your life, he would begin to kind of submit those to God and saying, God, what do you think about this? Does it align with what you have for me? Because God has a plan for us, for each and every one of us. The Bible talks about it. We are set apart for a specific plan for each one of us, and we should be seeking God to say, what is it that you've made me to be? What have you, is it that you've called me as your son or as your daughter to be while I'm here on this earth? And we ask, God, will your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? And then in, in verse 3, we prayed, give us each day the food we need. And we're talking about just our daily needs. God, we, we need you to supply for us. But, but if you remember, we talked about the children of Israel and how the children of Israel were on this journey from slavery through this desert to a promised land. And we equated that with, with our deliverance from slavery of sin. When we come to Jesus, we are, we are the, the, the attachment of sin is removed from us. That slavery, that bondage that we're born into because we're born into a world that is not God's kingdom is, is released. We're released from that. And that has been washed away and done with through the shedding of, of Christ's blood. And, and we know that because of that relationship we've entered in with, with God, that we are, are heading towards our promised land, which is eternity in heaven, where, where, where this, the junk of this world no longer has, has, has any, any way of, of affecting us. But in the meantime, we're wandering through this wilderness, through this journey of life. And so when we pray, God, give us today the food we need, we're saying, God, while I'm on this journey, moving towards eternity, while I'm, while I'm living out your will for my life, I'm looking to you to supply the needs that I have to sustain while I'm on this, on this earth. I'm looking to you, God, to, I'm trusting in you that you know what's best for me and you're going to provide for me whatever it is that I need to make it until tomorrow. And that's what we're saying when we pray, God, give us today the food we need. And then the last time I preached, which two weeks ago, was Luke chapter 11, verse 4. It says, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sins against us. And that's us coming to a place of posturing of saying, God, I recognize that because I'm walking in this world, that the dust of this world, the dirt of this world can get on my feet, can affect me. And, and I, need to, I need to daily evaluate and ask you to remove those sins that I allow to get on my feet. Just remove them. And, and because of the sin, because of the dirt, we, we, we talked about how there's separation between us and God. That because we have, if we have sin in our life, that becomes separation. So when we confess our sins, we simply are, are allowing God to take those sins, forgive us from those sins in our life. He scatters them. They're done. And that restores the relationship that we have with him. And then when we forgive others, we're releasing other people. And we're, we're freeing ourselves to be able to love other people. We're freeing ourselves from that bitterness, from that resentment, from that anger that we may hold because somebody has sinned against us. And so that's, that's just a posture of saying, God, I, I need forgiveness from you and I need to forgive others. So, so again, the question is, have we begun to do that for 2017? Have we begun to walk into this relationship with God, this intimate relationship where we're, where we're seeking his will, where we're seeking his kingdom? Where we're, where we're just learning to love him, where we're spending time with him. Last week, Dave, if you were here, Dave finished up the Lord's Prayer with him, do not lead us or let, let us yield to temptation. And if you remember, I, I love the, the story David told about him hanging from the tree, freaked out. Now, Dave didn't tell you this, but he describes himself as a child, as a, as a husky boy. So 
It wasn't skinny little, like, cool-looking Dave up there. It was husky Dave hanging to the tree and his dad having to tie the rope to him. But if you remember, don't let us yield to temptation. He talked about Jesus after his 40-day fast, how Satan came and took him to a, to a place and said, if you'll do this, you could have rule over, over all, the, all the, the land, if, if, turn that rock into bread. And, and Satan was using the, the things that, Satan had, that Jesus had been away from to try and tempt him into walking away from relationship with the Father. And Satan does that to us where he finds where we're weak and he tempts us with things that, that we think will bring fulfillment to our life. And it, what it really is going to do is bring separation from God. So what David talked about last week was that how we need to, to ask God to, to, for us to, first for us to have that faith fall to just release that and not let those things come to us, but for God to protect us and deliver us back into relationship with him. Do you remember that? And so that was the Lord's Prayer. That was, that, was, that was Jesus teaching his disciples, if you want to have the intimate relationship with the Father that I have, go and pray these things. Go and pray these things. Submit yourself to God, your Father. Ask for his will to be done in your life. Ask for him to, to be your provider. Ask for him to, to forgive you your sins. And you forgive those people that have sinned against you. And ask God to be your leader, to guide you through this, this wilderness. As you release the things of life that try and get a hold of you, ask him to protect you as you walk down the path. And what, we, what we've done each week is we've provided a two-minute time. Did we do that last week? Kind of. We provide, we provide a two-minute time of just saying, let's focus on this one section of the prayer for two minutes. And each week, what we've done is at the end of each week, we've said, Go home and spend two minutes praying this section of the prayer. And we just challenge you. Go home and for two minutes a day pray, God, you're my father. God, you're in heaven. Your name is holy in my life. Two minutes. And then the following week we stacked, may your kingdom come, may your will be done. So now you're praying four minutes. And if you would have followed that from day one since we started, you would have prayed 210 minutes over the past six weeks. 210 minutes you would have spent spending time with the, with the Father. It's three and a half hours. If you do the math, I did the math, I did it twice, just to make sure. <laughs> you would have spent three and a half hours from the second week of January when we kicked off this, the Lord's Prayer to today, you would have spent three and a half hours with Jesus, with, with God, being intimate with the Father, learning to love God with everything that you are, everything that you have. So, so the question is, have you spent some time with God? For 2017, if you're evaluating your, your resolutions, if you're evaluating commitments that you've made for 2017, have you spent time with God? And if, if you've fallen, if you've failed, if you've flaked out, don't beat yourself up because there's always grace. Don't beat yourself up because there's always time. We're only 50 days in. That's only like a seventh, one-seventh of the whole year. You have six-sevenths left to make it. A lot of 66 days left. I'm doing math as I go. I'm freestyling it right now, guys. Hang with me. <laughs> so Jesus taught him, his disciples this. But if you look down in, in the rest of chapter 11 of Luke, Jesus finishes his thoughts with some, some final instructions. 
And these instructions are how, when you're going to pray, when you're going to pray this prayer, how you approach the Father, how you approach God. And that's, that's kind of what I want to wrap, wrap up today with is how do we take this prayer that Jesus has taught his disciples, these tools that we have that we've kind of shoved in our tool belt or in our toolbox, and how do we, how do we come before the Father? How do we approach God? Jesus gives us the, the, the answers to that in this story, starting in verse 5. He says, Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived from a visit, for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night and all my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, He will get up and give you whatever he needs because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Verse 11, you fathers, if your child asks for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It's kind of an interesting, humorous story, isn't it? This guy has a visitor approach him, and, or a visitor come to his house, and he finds that he has no food for him. And this guy obviously is in a position where he can't run to the, the 24-hour quickie mark that we can, Right? So what does he do? He goes to his neighbor's house and starts beating on the door. Now, when I was a kid, we had relationship with our neighbors. We don't do that anymore, do we? How many of you know your neighbors really well? I know a few of you do. But the rest of us, we barely know our neighbor. I know my neighbor more today than ever because I've been dealing with a property line issue with him. We actually sat on the front porch in the nice weather and chatted yesterday. Like, it was actually cordial. We weren't yelling at each other. But when I was a kid, we knew all our neighbors. We knew everybody on our street. And we, we, we vacationed with them. We went fishing with them. We went to the beach with them. We barbecued with them on a regular basis. Fourth of July, it was somebody's house. Everybody was over barbecuing. It was no problem for my mom to say, Tommy, go borrow two eggs from Mickey. Was Mickey one of our neighbors? I got to remember our neighbors. Mickey was our neighbor to the, to the right of us. Go borrow two eggs from, from Dale and Mickey. And so I'd run next door, knock on the door, and borrow two eggs. Or go borrow a cup of flour. Or go borrow a cup of sugar. We didn't even have to ask. We just knocked on the door. Hey, my mom needs two eggs. Here's two eggs. Do you remember doing this? It was easy, right? And they would, they would give us two eggs, and then periodically we'd get a knock on the door, and we'd say, we don't have two eggs. Can we borrow two eggs from you? But they would, you know, it was just this. We knew our neighbors. We borrowed eggs from them. It was easy. And this is basically what's happening in this case. But the difference is it's midnight. I don't know that we ever knocked on our neighbor's door at midnight. But this is, it's just this relationship that this neighbor has with his neighbor where he feels comfortable to go beat on this guy's door at midnight. So when we're approaching God, here's what we can approach God in boldness. The neighbor is pretty bold. When we have a relationship with God, we can approach him anytime. That neighbor must have had a good enough relationship with his next door neighbor to be able to feel comfortable to knock on that guy's door at midnight. Hey, Bill. Man, I need three loaves of bread. I, need, I got friends. I need to eat. We need some for tomorrow morning. So can you give us three loaves of bread? And Bill's sleeping. And Bill's saying, 
Tom, go away. Everybody's in bed. But he kept on knocking. He was bold enough to keep knocking until at least the neighbor just got up and said, man, you're driving me nuts. Here's three loaves of bread. Now, now I don't believe that Jesus gets annoyed with our persistence or our boldness. I think the picture, or God, as we approach the Father, I I think the picture Jesus is teaching here is that we, because we have that relationship with God our Father, we can call him up anytime. If you, have a, if you have a good relationship with one of your parents, with your mom or dad, don't you, you could call your, your parent any time, can't you? I remember one time Joe and I bought our first car. We didn't have any money to buy a car, but we needed a car, so we went out and bought a car, and we put a $500 deposit down. I didn't have $500. I wrote a check. I called my dad like 4 o'clock the next morning. Dad, I just bought a car, put a $500 deposit down, and need 500 bucks. <laughs> so he did. Yeah, I just I had the relationship. I could call my parents and ask them for money, right, Mom? We can approach God in boldness, and when we keep on asking, if we don't have, we, we need to keep on asking if we don't get the answer the first time. God's timing is not our timing. If we don't receive the answer the first time, keep asking. God knows what we need and when we need it. That's the important part. A lot of times he knows what we need, but when we think we need it and when he knows we need it, may not be the exact time, so keep asking. Just keep asking and let, let his timing be played out. Verse 9 and 10 say this, I tell you you this, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. It's a persistence. When I read this, I think about that Big Big Bang Theory. Sheldon, every time he goes next door to his friend Penny's house, do you know what he does? Penny. Penny. Penny, anybody ever seen that show? Did I get it right? Penny. What is Penny finally says, what, Sheldon? What is it that you want? She opens the door because he just keeps knocking, 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 knocking. If you have kids, you know this, right? Your kid has determined in their life that something is important. Dad, can I have this? You know that they don't need it right now. You know what's best for your child. And you say, well, we'll talk about it later. And then your kid comes up. And if you, if you've ever, has anybody ever been a kid in here? You might have done this to your parents, right? But dad, hey, do you remember I wanted that? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But dad, hey, hey, dad, remember? Yeah, 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 okay. Then you, you know, you might venture up to your bedroom and you hear your kid, dad, dad, where are you? Where are you? The seeking comes. Dad. And I'm behind the door thinking, oh, here she comes. It's one of my girls. (laughs) My son never does this. And then what happens? Dad, are you in there? Dad, are you in there? Hey, remember I asked you for this. Hey, Dad, remember? You finally open the door and you give him the answer just to get him off your back, don't you? That's the picture, this silly picture Jesus is telling of the neighbor going next door. And like I said, I don't think God finally goes, oh, man, I'm just going to get this kid off my back and give him what they want. I think the picture is for us to, to be able to approach our Father in boldness and to keep asking. Don't be afraid to say, hey, God, I'm really needing this. Hey, God, I, there's, there's this something I really i am asking you for. Just keep pressing in, pressing into the Father. And then we can approach God with trust when we approach God. Verse 11 says, you fathers, if your child asks for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit for those who ask him? 
again, this, this like ludicrous situation of me giving my, my daughter a snake instead of a fish. I'm never going to do that. I'm going to give her what it, she needs, what's good for her. And I'm a flawed person. And I still know what's good for my kids. And if that's true, then as, as our Heavenly Father, who's not flawed, who knows exactly what we need, when we need it, in the timing, we can, we can ask him and know that what he's going to do, the timing of when he's going to give it, the, the answer to how he gives it, is, is perfect for his will for our lives. And we don't need to second guess that. And sometimes we can't understand that, can we? Sometimes we can't understand, God, why aren't you coming through right now? Because the world's up against me. I'm up against the wall. Everything's, everything seems to be hammering me, and we don't see a breakthrough. And God knows. God knows. Press into him. He's your father who loves you, who wants to give good gifts to you. And we can, we can press into that and be bold and trust that he's, he's got our best interests at stake. So this is what Jesus teaches when, when his disciples said, teach us to pray. And this is the tools that we want to be giving us to say, how do I spend time with God? How do I spend time with God? So will you take this assessment of how your relationship is with the Father? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to say, hey, 2017 is going to be the year that I'm going to really press in and, and increase my intimacy with my God? And I'm going I'm to become very intimate with him. I'm going to love him the way our mission statement here at Branches says we're going to love God, with everything, with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind. Will you do that? Are you willing to do that? You have the tools now. Tools are no good if they're sitting in the toolbox, are they? They're worth nothing. They're only good when we put them to use. They're only good when we actually apply the tools that we have. So you have the knowledge now of how do I spend time with God? How do I love God? How do I remain in Him? And I'm just asking that you would self-evaluate and say, am I going to become intimate with my Father for 2017? I'm going to assume that every one of us in here say yes. I want to have a a close relationship with God. Yes, it's, it's what I desire. I'm tired of doing stuff on my own. I'm tired of my way, my thoughts, how I planned out my life, not really bringing the happiness and joy that I think it's going to bring, and I'm going to press into God. So, so because we're going to assume that, what we want to do is start building on top of that over the next few weeks. Next week, what I want to talk about is we're going to talk about what it means to be a true worshiper of God. What does that mean? What, what does it mean? Does it mean that when you come in here and we sing songs and leave on Sunday, that we've worshiped God? What does that mean? And then after that, we're going to talk about what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. What's an active person in the body of Christ seeking God within branches? What, what, what does that mean that you do? What part do you play? So that's what we're going to do for over the next few weeks. And what we're really trying to do is build this up to Easter because Easter is going to be awesome. We have, we have a great Good Friday service plan, great Easter service plan. And so we're building it up basically to say, hey, guys, as the body of Christ, we're going to get ready for when God brings people into this church that need to hear about him. And when people say, yes, what do we do? How do we approach these people? That's kind of what we're trying to do. We're trying to live out our mission statement before Easter so we can get ready to hit the road with, with God and, and what he's doing. Okay, so why don't you stand with me? And the band will come on up. We're going we're gonna to wrap up with a song. And as you can see the slide up there, 
here's, we, we want to always invite you to come and get prayer. And here's what I know. I know that throughout the week, the dust of the world gets on your feet. I know that throughout the week, pains and things happen in your life that just can want to take you out and want to hurt you. And I, and I, I 100% believe that God is faithful and God is still active today to, to meet you where you're at, to bring peace, to bring comfort, to bring healing to whatever you're going through in your life. So, so we always want to provide a time for you to come up and get prayed for to say, hey, I, I need somebody to, to encourage me. I need somebody to walk with me through this journey that I'm, I'm dealing with. And so if you need prayer for anything, when this song is over and as we dismiss, we, want, we provide the time for you to come on up and, um, and, and get prayed for. Or if, or if you just feel like, I don't want to be done with worship, and you want to continue to worship, when, the, when we dismiss, you feel comfortable just to sit where you are and keep worshiping. We're going to try and keep the children out from running around and just try and keep this place as a place for, for those that want to hang out and spend some more time worshiping, spend some time praying to hang out and do that. So, so we'll close in prayer, and then we'll wrap up with a song, and then we'll, we'll, we'll offer that time. So, Lord, thank you for giving us tools that, that we can have in order to love you. And, God, I, I, I know I want to be more intimate with you. I want, I want to love, love you with everything that I am. And, Lord, I want your will to be done in my life. Father, I'm, I'm excited that, to be surrounded with people that, that have said the same thing, that are, are committing the same thing. So, Lord, as we meet with you this week, God, would you begin to reveal your will for us? Lord, would you begin to bring your kingdom in a way that we see you breaking through? God, would, would you bring ki- your kingdom in a way that healing is happening in the lives of, of the people around us and in our lives? Would you, would you bring peace, Lord? Would you bring joy that nothing else can bring? Father, would you, would, you, would you continue to supply the needs that we have to, uh, to make it in this world? God, would you, would you call us to a place of being people that will confess our sins, knowing that you forgive us those sins? And Lord, have, help us come to a place of releasing debt that people owe to us, and, and so we can, we can walk in healing of that. And God, we want to be people that release to you those things that want to want to tempt us and hinder us we want to let go and fall into you in faith knowing that you you're going to you're going to deliver us to a place of righteousness so god we pray these things we commit these things and lord my prayer is that when we look back at the end of 2017 all of us can say yes i made that as a, as a resolution for this year and and my relationship with you is more intimate and more deeper And God, we we will rejoice in that. So thank you in Jesus' name, amen.